Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. You know, Christmas is a season of, of sending messages, right? Uh, I was just talking to someone just even a second ago. They were asking if, if we'd gotten their Christmas card uh, yet. How many of you guys send out Christmas cards? A handful of people do. A handful of people got your lives together enough to put together a Christmas card with a picture in it and tell people what's going on in your life. Uh, if you didn't, you're in good company because the Nichols, uh, we haven't even taken our Christmas pictures yet. Um, and so they're probably going to turn into just be selfies in front of the tree at this point because uh, we're definitely behind the eight ball. Um, haven't gotten our lives together yet to do that. How many of you guys have done our Christmas shopping? You guys are psychos, dude. I don't know how you do it. Man, if it's not for like two days before, it wouldn't get done at the, the Nichols household. But good job if you've already done your Christmas shopping and got all the details together, man. Good for you. Um, in this time of messages, man, we see so many things get thrown out there. we got Christmas cards that say Merry Christmas, right? People are sending out email blasts. Uh, there's Facebook posts, Instagram reels that are made of families getting together, and they're telling their loved ones Merry Christmas. Snapchat snaps. I'm too old to, to necessarily be on that. And then X's or whatever. What, what is the new tweet? Is it still called tweets? I have no idea. X's. Whatever X's messages that you're sending out. Uh, but all of them combine or come around the same thing that is us communicating, Merry Christmas. And I believe that in these messages, the, the message that is Christmas, that there is very much a miracle. And so that would be the title of today's message today. Uh, if you uh, were to pull anything from it, I believe that there's message in, or there's a miracle in the message. Look at your neighbor and say there's miracle in the message. If your neighbor did not look at you and say that, look them upside the head and you tell them there's a miracle in the message. Um, we're going to be starting today from the book of Luke. Uh, we're going to read through uh, a specific story in telling uh, of the birth of Jesus. I like the book of Luke because Luke was a very intelligent man. It says that, the Bible says that Luke was uh, considered to be a physician. And so uh, if you're a doctor or a physician in this, in this time or that time, you, gotta be, you better be a pretty smart dude. Um, and so Luke does a great job of describing in detail the birth of Jesus and what happened during that time. And so in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, it says this. It says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. So Luke is setting the stage for what's to happen. He says that, that at night, there was these shepherds, and they were guarding their flock. And, and just in this one verse, we get a little bit of a synopsis, a little bit of understanding of what it takes to be a shepherd. See, shepherds in those days, uh, that was a, there was a, a trade that uh, was pretty dirty. It wasn't the cleanest job uh, in the world. Um, it was one of those things that... Um, that no one, I don't know if anyone really aspired to grow up and be a shepherd, right? It took a very specific type of person. Specifically when it came to being a shepherd, you were, you were up late at night. You were guarding sheep. You were taking care of them. Uh, you were making sure that, uh, that they were protected. 
But when it comes to this, this idea of shepherding, it's brought up so much in the Bible to describe specifically our relationship with God. Jesus says in the gospel, he says that, he says, e, he is the good shepherd. And many times he tells stories about how the, the sheep might wander and he'd go after the one. And so visually in our brains, when it comes to this idea, when he's communicating to, to the relationship between uh, a sheep and a shepherd, between God and us, his sons and daughters, he's communicating this idea, this characteristic of what a shepherd is. A shepherd is, is a hardworking person. A shepherd is, is someone that, these characteristics are saying that someone that would go after the sheep if they were, if they were lost. It's someone who is patient and caring. That, uh, it says that the shepherds would have known the sheep even by their own name. Shepherds would provide and would protect the sheep. And I think these are, these are very similar characteristics of God and how he treats us, of how he guides us. One of the things that doesn't say, though, that I think that's important for you to under some, understand some context is that shepherds in these days, this was not a glamorous job. This was a dirty job. This would have been a very blue-collar, normal job. It was not one of these things that, that, that daughters would write home and say, man, I met this boy. He's got a great job. He's a shepherd. No, no one would have been really excited about that. You're not writing home about that. And when I think of this idea of blue-collar, hard-working guy, especially in this Christmas season, there's one person that comes to my mind that I think fits, fits this bill. And it's this guy right here. Crazy Uncle Eddie. How many of you guys got a crazy Uncle Eddie in your, house, in your family? If you didn't raise your hand, you might be the crazy Uncle Eddie. That's all right. Uh, I sat around uh, and watched this movie, Christmas Vacation, uh, with my family this past week. Uh, that is not a coastline approval that you should watch it with your family. Um, you know, and it, it was, I even, I texted my wife this picture. I said, I'm pretty sure that Eddie is one in his underwear holding a beer and a cigar. Should I show this at church? And so uh, if you get offended, this might not be the church for you. I'm sorry. Um, but there's something about uh, that, that we love when we watch this movie. There's something that we love about Crazy Uncle Eddie. He's this blue-collar, just down-earth, normal guy. Well, maybe not normal. Normal is a stretch. But he's, he's, he's real. What you see is what you get. And I think, I think it's refreshing. I think that, that, that when it comes to these shepherds, there's a lot of them that would have connected more with, with Uncle Eddie than the other characters in the movie, Christmas Vacation. These guys that are, that are just real, they're hardworking, they're not afraid to get messy, but they have genuine care for the people around them. We see that in this, in this message as we, uh, as we continue on, as, as, we, as I was laughing and watching this movie, I realized that, that much like uh, the message that God tells that, that he's going to tell these shepherds, there was a similar message that happened in the movie. Some of you guys remember this. Uh, at some point, Clark, he gets, he gets very passionate about an issue with his boss. And he tells Uncle Eddie, he said, you know what, if I, if I had a wish, I would wish that I could communicate this message to my boss where he lives on Cherry Tree Lane or whatever it was. And here we go, crazy Uncle Eddie, he gets the message. He understands the assignment. And him in his blue leisure suit 
They rolled down to Cherry Tree Lane to deliver the message. I thought it'd be funny if I had a blue leisure suit on uh, today to preach this, but all I could find was a blue Columbia shirt, so I, I ditched it. But. but we see here next with, the, with these shepherds, these blue-collar, passionate, caring guys, that something miraculous happens to them. Luke chapter 2, verse 9 says, Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord, uh, the Lord's glory sh- surrounded them, and they were terrified. Every time we see in the Bible where an angel appears, it says that they were afraid. One of the very first things that we're going to see here in a second also is the angel tells them, don't be afraid. When I read this, I'm reminded that sometimes we have this misconceived idea of who God is and what God is capable of. This misconceived, this, this, sometimes we put God in this box and we limit him based off of our understanding of him. But I feel like when I read this, when I read this verse, every time that these people would see these creations of God, these messengers of God, they were so afraid and overblown by their beauty or their fierceness. It was outside of what their, their minds could comprehend. Sometimes in, in your life, for whatever miracle that you're, you're believing for, you're hoping for, it might be bigger than what you think you're capable of. I want, I want to remind you that that's, that's a good miracle to be chasing after. In verse 10, it says that, uh, but the angels reassured them. He said, do not be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. I... Um, as I'm working together with my wife to get Christmas together, and we're doing some shopping and stuff like that, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of uh, Christmas when I was a little kid. I want you guys to just think back for just a second and remember when you were like the age 9 and 10 and something like that, and you, you had the point in, in your life in which you wanted something very passionately. For me, it was mountain bike, right? Uh, I remember being like 9, 10 years old, and uh, I had a little huffy, right? It didn't have any speeds in it. I just had one speed. And uh, as a big boy, even back then, that speed was not fast. It's very much cruising speed. Big fan of cruising speed. But I remember wanting so bad a blue mountain bike. I remember asking my parents for it. I remember asking Santa for it. Erica makes fun of me because every time she goes over to my parents' house, she finds this picture of... Husky Brian, nine, ten years old, with jeans hiked up to here, red rim glasses on a, on a blue mountain bike. And I got the biggest smile, the biggest, it was this, this gift of joy that I got in receiving. And she's chuckling up here on the front right here because she, she knows what the picture looks like. Yeah, it's terrible. We're not posting that on Facebook. Don't get any ideas, okay? I had a windbreaker on, windbreaker and... Red rim glasses, it was great. But I remember even now the feeling of joy of taking that bike for the ride for the first time. As part of the reason why we give gifts the way we do is because we want to see the gift of joy in the people's lives around us. I want to see my kids lighten up and, and, and be happy. 
Some of the best memories I have in life is when my family is together and we're laughing together. It's part of the reason why we like uh, the, the, this family vacation movie so much is because everyone's sitting there chuckling. There's something about joy being brought into our lives. So my hope and my prayer is for you this Christmas season, that you and your family, in spite of what, how the year's gone, as we surrender our lives to him, he comes and he gives us joy. Here specifically, the angels are preluding to this. They're telling the shepherds, we're going to tell you about a gift that has been given to humanity that will bring so much joy into your life. It's the miracle that's in the message. In verse 11 through 12, it says, they continue on, they says, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today. They don't just say Jesus. They don't say one. They, they want to make sure to be clear in the communication of the present that has been given to the world. He says, the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find him wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. In verse 13, it says, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. They're praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. As I, as I read that last verse this past week, it, it's very specific the way the angels communicate. It says, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. I felt like I was challenged in my own life that sometimes is there, is there a chance that when I don't feel peace, is there, is there a chance that when, when sometimes I don't feel joy, when I feel like, when I feel like it just can't all come together, is there a reason that I have to play in that? I think, I think for me the answer was yes. As a human being, there's sometimes where I fall short of the glory of God. And I think when it comes to that, when it comes to that, that sin that could come into my life, it can create separation. And I think with that separation, there is a chance for us to not feel the peace that God intended for us. And so I want to challenge you with this. If you're in your life, if in your life, you're like, Brian, I, I don't feel anything even close remotely to peace. The first thing I want to challenge you with is, is to open your life to God and say, God, is there something here that should not be here? I had this beautiful conversation uh, with a good buddy of mine this past week of, of conviction about the, this tool that the Holy Spirit uses to communicate and adjust our lives. And it's one of these things that, 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 especially in the church that we have right here at Coastline, there's never a point in which I've preached a sermon and I've, I've hoped that the Holy Spirit would use it to convict someone of something in their lives. And generally, I want people to, to leave Coastline encouraged and ready for the future and finding hope in him. But I was reminded in the conversation that sometimes the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's job is the one to come in and convict us and show us something that might be wrong or something that might be off in hopes that we'll be restored. Not for the purpose of, of making us feel bad, 
not for the purpose of, 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 of putting a thumb down on us or anything like that, but for the hope of restoration, of holiness, of peace and joy in our lives. So if you ever sit in these seats and, and you feel something come in and, 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 and it masks, it almost sound, feels like offense or hurt, know that that's not my heart. But sometimes the Holy Spirit will use that to help identify something in you, to adjust something in you. I think ultimately, God wants us to experience peace and joy and love as we are connected in relationship with him. As we continue on, Luke chapter 2, verse 15, we see what happens. It says, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about the child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. As these shepherds celebrate what they had witnessed, as, as they told people about what they had seen, I'm reminded that they were the first messengers that communicated about Jesus' birth that Jesus was alive. In those days, when it came to the message that was communicated, there was no Instagram or Facebook or Messenger app or Snapchat or anything else. It was just word of mouth. And specifically, when you had, as, as a family, if you had a big announcement to say, if you had a, a marriage announcement that was to go out or something like that, or that, that a child had been born, it wouldn't be this thing that everyone fills out and starts writing because, because no one knew how to write, read or write. And a lot of people didn't know how to read or write in those days. They would send out someone. They would pay someone or ask someone uh, to do a favor to communicate to the world around them what had happened. And based on how, how influential you were or how successful you were, you would get someone of, of great importance to do this. Thinking about it this way, if... If, if I tweeted something and then Elon Musk tweeted something, there'd be a completely different paying attention to the message, wouldn't there? But here, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords comes. And God doesn't choose the mayor of Bethlehem. He doesn't choose the king in that time. He doesn't choose a great warrior. He chooses blue-collar, passionate, and real shepherds to proclaim the story. And I realized that he's been doing it all along because as I read that verse, it says that they're in Bethlehem, the city of David. The, the shepherds were doing the same job that David had done years and years ago. This little shepherd boy, God used in a miraculous way 
and changed his world as he knew it. And I believe the same is true for you. I think that sometimes in us individually, spiritually, we're just, we're shepherds. We're, we're humble, we're hardworking, we're passionate. But God wants to use shepherds to change the world that they're in. If you will receive the message, and we'll let the miracle of the message radiate through us. Today, I believe that there's one of three people here in this room. Three things maybe you can get as we read this scripture. First thing is this, is if you're far from God and you feel like you're not close to him and you want to be. If you're at a place where like, I don't have the education or the understanding or the time in, I want to tell you that stuff doesn't matter to God. It doesn't matter what you did last night or last year, or 10 years ago. It doesn't matter about the baggage that you have. He wants to be connected to you. He wants to to use you. He wants you to experience the peace and the joy that comes from a relationship with him. And today I wanna let you know that you have the opportunity to get connected, to be reunited to him. But the choice is yours. The second thing is this is, some of you might be here today, maybe you're already a follower of Christ, but you're going through a tough time. It's hard to find peace and hard to find joy. And I wanna tell you, as I, as I think about the shepherds and as they're sitting there in the pasture and as they're, they're probably tired and they're probably drinking old nasty coffee as they're looking for wolves or coyotes or whatever, as they're trying to, to, to do the job that nobody else wants to do. In the midst of that, that tough time is when the miracle happened. And so if you feel yourself going through a tough time, I want to give you hope and understand that sometimes in that, in that frustration that you're having, in that, that time of, of tension, is a place for a miracle to be birthed out of. And sometimes that, that, that frustration you're having might not actually be frustration. It might just be opportunity for a message to come through in a miraculous way. And the last thing I'm reminded as I read the story is this. The message of Jesus is incredibly important. And if God said all the way down to even the lowly shepherd, is who I want to choose to send it out, I think we have a responsibility to do it as well. And so this morning, I want to charge you with something. Uh, today as you leave, after we sing this song, uh, there's going to be uh, little packets of uh, banded together invite cards for Christmas Eve service. Now we don't do this every year just to uh, see our kids dress up and take pictures of them and have hot cocoa together. Those are fun things to do and I'm excited about that too. That's next week, right? Um, it's also an opportunity first to tell people about what Jesus has done and who Jesus is and get them connected to him. And so much like the shepherds went out and said, hey, this is what I saw. This is what the angel said. As they just gave testimony about what God had done in them, I think you're charged to do the same thing in your world this week, to invite people, 
There might be people in your life that are far from him. Invite them to church on Sunday. You might know a bunch of people that go to other churches. Don't invite them. Let them, let them go to their churches. But if you've got people in your life that don't go to church or are far from him, I want to challenge you to invite someone because it will change their life forever. I've heard my wife talk many, many times. The fact that no one invited her to church or brought her to church until the moment that it happened and her life was changed forever. Her parents, and they specifically went to church on Christmas and Easter only. That was it. Until someone invited them to come to church. She met Jesus, and he changed her life forever. And so through one invitation, through going out and communicating about one message, might be the difference in people's lives. So I want to challenge you this, this week to grab a couple of those cards and to pass them out to the people that you work with to the waitresses at the places that you go to eat at, leave a big tip with it. With the passion that Uncle Eddie had in going out to communicate the message. I'm reminded that in the movie, that all the way didn't happen the way that Clark maybe wanted it to or the way that he expected it to as he was sitting there waiting on a miracle to cover his butt for what he had done. Because Uncle Eddie communicated the message and did what he did, it changed what Christmas looked like for the whole family. So I want to challenge you to go out this week and to passionately love those people around you, um, to reconnect yourself to Christ, if there's something that separates you from God, to, to deal with it today. And hopes that we get to experience the beautiful miracle of joy in our lives and in our family. That's what my prayer for is for you and your family this Christmas. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for how you've challenged us here today. I pray that uh, you would give us the courage to put our faith into action. I pray that as we, as we sit here and we feel your Holy Spirit come in and show us the things that need to be adjusted. I pray that we wouldn't hide it under the layer of offense or frustration, but that we would sit here humbly and receive from you what you would have for us. That you would change us and charge us to be who you called us to be. And I thank you in advance for the people that will be coming into church next week that maybe wouldn't normally come into church. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would meet them where they are, that your Holy Spirit would, would charge them and challenge them and change them, that they would see that they don't have to live in the frustration and the, the, the anxiety and the troubles that the world is facing. That through you, we, we could experience peace, joy, hope, and love. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.